You're listening to a message from the Winsboro Church of Christ. This is the Winsboro.Church podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can get in touch with us at any time through our website at Winsboro.Church. Well, we've talked about the nature of the unstoppable kingdom, Jesus' parables about uh, the light on the stand and the seed and the mustard seed, how God's kingdom is meant to shine and like a seed breaks forth and grows to something so much bigger than it started out as. That's just how the kingdom of God works. It grows, it expands, it overwhelms, and it has been growing and expanding throughout this world for centuries, for millennia. Then we looked at the unstoppable nature of the power of Jesus himself. How the strong forces of this world, physical and spiritual, you have the waters, you know, the, the storms, nature itself, and then you have a legion of demonic spirits. And both didn't stand a chance against Jesus' power because whatever, whatever Jesus comes up against, his power wins. He is unstoppable. And we've had this imagery, this idea of a train. And as a train barrels down the tracks, you can't put much in its way that's even going to slow it down, much less stop it. Even big things, cars, semis, you name it, trains just plow right through. And that's kind of the vision I want us to get of the nature of Jesus, the nature of our Lord. That leaves a question. What about us? Where are we in all this? And you know, I was taught I was taught as I took driver education classes a long time ago and watched videos that you never stand on or park on or even stop on the railroad tracks that uh, you don't get caught with cars behind and cars ahead of you. So if you're at a stoplight, leave plenty of room in front of you. Don't get on those tracks until you can get all the way across them. And even the little safety tip of if a train is headed your way, get out of the car and run back towards the train. Now, not on the tracks. Take a diagonal where you're going away from the train too because when the train smashes into the car, the car pieces are going to go flying. So you've got to get back behind where that's going to happen. Uh, and just, it impressed upon me, you don't want to mess with trains. And people have died on train tracks, obviously. And it's heart-wrenching, but they're just, they're, there's this fact that you cannot stop a train. A train cannot even stop itself. Really, as far as the trains that you know, we have in our world, and the power of Jesus is such that it won't stop. And whatever might try to stop it will fail. And what's our role? Do we run away from that power? Do we uh, use all of our safety ideas to get as far away from it as we can? That's not really what Jesus asks of us. Do we try to stand, stand in the way of that power and stop it? Well, if we do that, we lose. Remember the story of whenever P. 
Peter tried to rebuke Jesus. When Jesus was talking about going to the cross, Jesus stood, he stood in front of him and said, no, Jesus, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And Peter got in front of him and said, Jesus, don't talk like this. You're not going to die. You got this. You're unstoppable. And Jesus told Peter, get behind me. Say, don't be in front of me. If you're in front of me, in my way, things aren't going to go well. Jesus had his mission and he was going to carry out and nothing was going to stop him. So, if we're not supposed to run away and we're not supposed to try to stop it, what are we supposed to do? And the answer is simple. We're supposed to get on board. We're supposed to hop on that train. We're supposed to grab hold of Jesus and hold on tight. And... The amazing thing that just inherently happens when we do that is, if we're on that train, it's not our power pulling it, it's not our power pushing it forward, it's not, not us that's unstoppable by any means, that's Jesus. But if we're on board with Jesus, then we are part of that unstoppable movement, of that unstoppable kingdom ourselves. We become unstoppable. Again, not because we're strong, simply because we're holding on to what is unstoppable. We're putting our faith in Jesus. And in Mark chapter 5, we're going to see some stories about faith that won't be stopped. And the beautiful stories how Jesus healed the desperate and said, your faith has healed you. That, or just believe, just trust. It will all turn out. You can trust in me. You can hold on to me because... My power, my ability, my mission in this world will not be stopped. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21. When Jesus had crossed again in a boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the synagogue leaders, named Jairus, came up, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He asked him urgently, My little daughter is near death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. Jesus went with him, and a large crowd followed and pressed around him. So here is a, a father desperate to save his little girl. And he doesn't know what else to do other than there's this man, Jesus, who's been doing some amazing things, and a desperate father will do just about anything. So he finds Jesus, falls down at his feet, and pleads, please come and help. Jesus goes with him. And we would anticipate, because we've read our Bibles, and we've heard stories of Jesus before, and we've been reading the book of Mark, we've been going through, and we know how this will go. Jesus will go, and he'll do an amazing miracle, and people will be amazed. Yes, but actually there's a detour in this story. On his way to do one healing, Jesus is interrupted with another request, with another healing. Verse 25. Now a woman was there who had been suffering from a hemorrhage for 12 years, an issue of blood, your translation might say. She had endured a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she kept saying, if only I touch his clothes, I will be healed. She's desperate, much like this father. 
At once the bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? The disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing against you, and you say, Who touched me? But he looked around to see who had done it. Then the woman, with fear and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So this woman has languished for years. She spent all she had. She's in a very desperate place. And she's again, just like Jairus, she's heard about this man that can maybe heal her. And she seeks him out and thinks, if I can just get close, who knows what might happen. That's the seed of faith. And with that faith, it can grow into something big. Or as Jesus said, a faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. Now, her mountain was this oppressive weight that she bore from her disease and her illness and her sickness and all the implications that came with that. And it wasn't so much that she got rid of it, she just found the one who could. And she held on tight, literally reaching out to grab just the edge of his cloak, the edge of his garment. Now Jesus asked, who touched me? And that's made a lot of head scratch. Well, didn't he know who touched him? He's Jesus. Yeah, but Mark really doesn't bother to get into that at all. He stays focused on this woman who in faith again and fear and trembling but she's, she, she's willing to step forward. She could have bolted. She could have run as fast as she could have run to get away thinking, oh no, I have this disease and I touched this important rabbi and I'm going to be in so much trouble because I made him unclean. So she could have taken off, thinking that maybe this rabbi would not be mad with her as well as the crowds and the other people around her. But she, trembling, steps forward and said, it was me. I did it. And that's another step in faith. Faith doesn't mean she wasn't afraid. We're told explicitly she fear and trembling. She was very afraid. She stepped out anyway. And Jesus says, your faith has healed you. You've reached out to the right place. You sought out the one who can heal you. And by putting your trust and in, in your hope and that even the desperation, it's an act of faith because you took it to the right place. You trusted in Jesus. You hoped in Jesus. And he said, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Then we get back to the other story. Verse 35. While he was still speaking, people came from the synagogue leader's house saying, Your daughter has died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? But Jesus, paying no attention to what was said, told the synagogue leader, Do not be afraid. Just believe. The woman overcame her fears. He's telling Jairus to overcome his fears. And he's ignoring those that are 
presenting this bleak picture of hopelessness, and he's telling Jairus, you ignore him too. Just believe, just trust. It'll be okay. And amazingly, Jairus does. Verse 37, he did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the synagogue leader where he saw noisy confusion and people weeping and wailing loudly. When he entered, he said to them, why are you distressed and weeping? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they began making fun of him. They laughed. But he forced them all outside. And he took the child's father and mother and his own companions and went into the room where the child was. See, Jairus is still with him. And really that's all that matters. Just stick with Jesus. Hold on to him. Everything else can come to a crashing halt, but if you're holding on to Jesus, your faith will plow right through whatever obstacles are before you. In this case, even death. Verse 41, gently taking the child by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. The girl got up at once and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. They were completely astonished at this. Again, amazed, that's what happens. He strictly ordered that no one should know about this and told them to give her something to eat. Jairus said, it'll be okay. I know you don't think it will, but if you hold on to me, it will. That's Jesus' message, and that's the one we still need to hear. And while it might not look okay right now, because we're in the in-between, we know the end of the story with Jairus, but really we know the end of the story with us too. Right now we're in between. We're on our way back home. Back home to our Father. We're on our way to eternity. We're not there yet. And Jesus says, just hold on to me. We'll get there. And there's naysayers saying, no, you won't. It's not worth it. It's already over and done. Nothing. Even Satan himself, you can't break free. You can't get out of this life. You'll die and rot in your, rot in your coffin. Jesus says, no, you won't. Trust me. Believe, have faith in the power of Jesus we can hold on to and share in through faith. We have unstoppable faith. Not because our faith is so good, but because when we're putting it in, it's so good. He is so good. He's our perfect Lord and Savior. And that gives us hope. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Now we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep. Just like Jesus said, the girl's just asleep. Paul and his letter to the church saying they're just asleep. Oh, I know they look dead and the world says they're dead, but in Jesus you're not dead. Jesus, it's nothing more than just falling asleep. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. We have hope. They don't. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we also we believe that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep as Christians. For we tell you this by the word of the Lord 
that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will surely not go ahead of those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a shout of command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God. That's his unstoppable force. Jesus is coming. And the dead in Christ will rise first. The power that he has is given to those who are dead to come back alive and really to prove that they were just asleep in the first place. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be suddenly caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Jesus' unstoppable force is heading into eternity. And we hold on. And we don't have to worry about anything else. Because nothing's going to stop us. Not death. Not sin. Not Satan. Not anything in all creation. Not if we're holding on to Jesus. Not if we've climbed on board. I want to... Let's picture where we are as we have been walled in. We're trapped. Satan has put us inside of a large prison. The whole world is this prison. And its fences are tall, barbed wire, and it's impenetrable. There's no getting out. And that's... The world became that the moment that Adam and Eve ate the fruit. The only end result is death. Perpetual death. And just digging the hole and the depravity of sin deeper and deeper. And that's where we are. It's where the world has been a long time. Then comes Jesus. And he smashes in like a freight train. And he says, get on. I'm breaking you out. And we hop on and that freight train builds up to the beginning. It smashes through the barriers. Jesus himself rises from the grave, smashing the power of sin and death. Ascends back up to heaven with the promise of, I'm going to smash back down. Smash right back through the gates and this time I'm taking you with me. Whether you're alive or dead, it doesn't matter. If you belong to me, if you fell onto that train, you're getting out of here. This fallen, broken cycle of death. No, you're going to come with me and live with me forever. The beautiful image of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Gospel of John has this famous phrase of Jesus saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And some people take issue with that verse because they think, well, it's how come Jesus is the only way to heaven? How come Jesus, you know, they're, 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 a lot of people want multiple ways. Well, can I have some options? How come it's just Jesus? Isn't that confining and constricting? Well, not if you think about where we are. We are bound in this enormous prison. 
And it's not that Jesus says, okay, there's only one way out and you got to do it exactly my way and get you know exactly through here and I'm the one that might let you out if you uh, think you're worth. That's not the spirit of it. The spirit of it is, I'm strong enough to break you free and I'll break through that wall. And it's through my own death and my own sacrifice and my own resurrection and you follow in that. And follow me. Commit yourself to me. Hold on to me. And we're going to get out of here. I've used the illustration before of a, of a burning house. And a fireman comes in to save us. And we say, well, I don't know. I kind of maybe, can I go that way? Or maybe I want to go that way. Or there's no out back. Maybe we can go out back. And the fireman says, we got to go now. And he clears the path for us. He kicks down the door. He pushes the obstacles away. He makes a path that can safely get us out. That's what salvation is. And we get it wrong if we think that Jesus is restricting or God is restricting our paths to salvation. No, he's opening one up because there was never one before. He's opening one up and saying it's through Jesus. And he's busting through the gates, tearing down the bars, because he is this unstoppable freight train. And all the, the hedges and, and the things that Satan has put up to keep us in and locked in to our own destruction, Jesus breaks that apart and says, if you want out, let's go, but you gotta follow me. I'm the way out. That's what Jesus offers. And if we put our faith in him, we're getting out. We will be unstoppable as well because Jesus will be leading the way.